This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform, and I am here with Dr. Susan Kleiner. Susan, did you want to say hello to everyone and let them know where they can consume your content, uh, possibly buy your books? Uh, hello to everyone. It's great to be back. Uh, sure. So my website, drskleiner.com, is where you can find my all my books, uh, where I'm going to be, events I'll be attending, where I'll be speaking, uh, etc. I'm also on uh, Instagram at Power Eat, on Facebook, uh, Dr. Susan Kleiner. So uh, the book that basically introduced Susan to me was New Power Eating. And so if you're an eat performer, you should probably already either have that book or you should own that book because you know there's so much out there that literally talks about kind of the the you know eat less do more idea that was really like the first performance book on the market and it's just gotten better and better in every iteration and so you know we obviously, if you're familiar with Keep It Off, we give it away for free. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to know how you can get it, you can literally just message the page and type in book and they'll send it to you for free. Um, Susan's is more um, big picture ideas and really what you know eating more can do for you on a, on a lot of levels which is a little bit of what we're going to go over on the podcast my name's paul nobles i'm the founder of eat form if you are looking for coaching we would love to help um and you can start with a two-week free trial just go to www.eatform.com so one of the things that was interesting that has happened um so so I went through fat loss, right? And so we can talk about that. And then because of some timing constraints, I would normally allow my calories to get back to normal before I go on vacation. But we had a family reunion that was changed from July 4th to Memorial Day. So I literally had to come and and in New Orleans, it was not going to be an option <laughs> to eat less. And so I'm going to talk about that. Um, and then I want to talk about where my calories are at right now and why they are at those calories and what the plan is and what my thought process is and things of that nature. So I want to wrap up fat loss. Um, I ended up, I, I started at 198.8. Um, you know, probably like a lot of people, was I really 198.8? Yes. I saw on the scale that it was 198.8. You know, I think one of the things that happens for people is they normally sit at like 196.5 or 197. And then they discount the 198.8. And to me, I don't get why that would happen. I mean, I get maybe you're a little ashamed that you let your weight get away from you or something like that. But I mean, the difference between two pounds and one pound, to me mentally, you know, I mean, I ended up at 186.8. That that ended up being 12 pounds of loss. I mean, saying 12 pounds as opposed to 9.5, to me, that's a big difference mentally, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because it was only, it wasn't even six six weeks. It was it was about five and a half weeks, because we cut it short so I could start to reverse at least a little bit uh -huh. um, going into the trip to New Orleans. Um, the uh, it has been really really interesting because um, I don't know that we've had this discussion, but I didn't really notice. When I mean, it's been so funny talking to people online because there's been so much discussion about it. And I mean, one lady was talking about my macros, and we were, I'm, I've been publishing all the bumps mm -hmm. as I'm reversing. And, and she's like, Well, these kind of look like diet macros, which they didn't. I mean, it was like 2,500, you know. Um, there's, trust me, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that are guys that are eating less than 
2,500 calories right now. That was literally my second bump um, mm. coming out of fat loss. Um, and so, um, so it's sort of like you can't win for losing kind of deal, right? Where it's like you're, you're on the one hand showing people, you know, I didn't diet for seven years, you know? So the, I was able to track it basically by pictures. And so, um, and, and I knew that I had done a fat loss on uh, going into a trip to, to Paris when my daughter was 16. We took both of my daughters mm -hmm. uh, to Paris. And so um, I could see it in the pictures. I'd actually done um, fat loss a year before that and had been maintaining it along the way. And then, um, you know, the big thing for me was, um, you know, getting on testosterone and making sure that I was eating in a surplus so that I could build muscle. And I did build muscle. I've been able to put on um, right at about 10 pounds, possibly around 12, kind of depending on your the data source you believe. But, but certainly, um, you know, it, it was interesting because, you know, you're the, the head of a health company, right? So, but, but it's also important for me to walk the talk that I talk, you know, mm -hmm. and that it is a little uncomfortable when your goals are changing or when you're trying to lift more. So your weight is up and then you're changing it to pickleball. So your, your, your goal is changing. So you want to weigh a little bit less. So now you're working towards that goal. And I, and I think it's important to say that because I think people just like have a weekend where the scale is up and then they overreact to that information and then sign up to a program like mine. And this might cost me some business and that's fine, but I would really love it. Well, one, I would love it if every single customer came to me and then we normalize their calories before the deficit, right? That would be, if we had actual data, then we could get a lot more success. And what's interesting about that is that the way that you would normalize it, you would start at a baseline that for women is probably around 1800 to 1900 and you would build from there for a month or two before you would do any deficit. Well, if you're, if you think you're overeating and you think you're eating over 3000 calories, you'll lose weight at 1800. So we will know, you know, but, but what ends up happening is the majority of people want fat loss. Um, one thing that Susan, I don't know that you know about us that you would be really proud of is that usually within two to three weeks, if we have the baseline and it's between 15 and 100 and 1700 for women. Um, and if they haven't lost four to six pounds in the first two to three weeks, we reverse them. We, we start moving their calories back, you know, now, you know, if they've lost two to three to four, you know, we'll let them fight a little bit, but we'll let them know, Hey, look, you know, you, you didn't come to us over consuming, right. you know, I mean, yeah, that one weekend, you know, you had that bad one weekend, but previous to that, you were eating a lot of salads, you mm -hmm. know, and um, that is something that no other companies do. Right. right. You know, I can guarantee you that the good, good majority of people, and then the best part about it, I actually meant to do this post a while back, um, is that we literally have thousands of people that have done that and then lost 20 to 30 pounds, right? Right. Right. And so, so and people that were struggling with weight loss for years and years and years, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so I, I, I come out of fat loss. Um, I actually was not very aggressive. I wasn't trying to lose as much weight as possible to me, you know, two pounds in a week in um, that period of time anything more than that puts muscle at risk. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have wanted any more than that. Um, and that's something that's sort of hard for people to grasp, right? Where, 
Um, they want to lose as much as possible as quickly as possible. But um, so I was not at the lowest macros that we give for men until the very last week. And the only reason I went to the lowest macros that we give for men is because I, I, I'd never done it. I, you know, I never had been that low and I wanted to know what we, we give to people, right? Mm -hmm. We know it works. Mm -hmm. Um, we've been able to replicate it over and over again, but you know, because I hadn't been in a diet cycle in seven years, the other thing too, um, we didn't have an app at that point. So it was really more informational and, and a concept. We might've had trend sheets at that point, which was like Google sheets that we would import their MyFitnessPal data into. Um, but just even thinking of that um, <laughs> is, is hard um, on my brain because that was, a, that was a really wild time trying to go from an information concept to actual data. Um, and so, you know, I, I was in New Orleans. Um, I saw a lot of family. So there was a lot of meals. There was no, there was no um, dodging it, right? right? Because what you can't do at family functions is go, you know, I'm the guy that's going to bring my Tupperware. You know, you kind of have to join. And we wanted to, right? We wanted, mm -hmm. you know, one of the great things that Susan has brought to my life, and I think that it's, it's a basic concept of eat to reform, but part of it, I wasn't really thinking of it like Susan says it, but literally the term breaking bread, you know, is, is about that joy and that sharing and, and things of that nature. And so I wanted to make sure that I could do that. So I brought my travel scale. Um, a lot of people were really intrigued by my travel scale. Um, it just had never occurred to them that they could bring a scale on vacation, right? And there was there was some people that said, that's really rigid. And I was like, you're right. It would be really rigid if I was trying to lose weight. But since I'm not, what I'm trying to do is stay weight stable within a, a range of three to five pounds. So I, I talked about the parameters. Um, we're really big into ranges right now. You know, the, the idea that, that people are being paralyzed by this idea of maintenance, mm -hmm. um, and maintenance where you're staying at your very lowest, you know, you have to allow for, for at least three pounds. And, and if you're very comfortable, at least five pounds, and, and I'll talk a little bit about that as, as we go through this conversation. So I thought that I would have to do a little bit more because um, it's very easy in New Orleans to eat 3,000 calories in one sitting, at least oh, 2,000 yeah. calories. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I thought I would have to do a little bit more fasting. I did not do very much fasting at all. Um, towards the end, I think that we might have skipped breakfast twice, you know, but it was really not, it was really more managing calories and, and things of that nature. And like I said, I gave myself mentally that three to five pounds. Were we active? Yes, we were active. And oh, by the way, I mean, it was hot. And I mean, when you go into New Orleans and you fly into New Orleans during the summer, you are literally, you know, like you feel like you're wearing a suit of New Orleans. It's that muggy, you know, and so um, we were able to play pickleball four times. You know, I keep talking about this. People, people don't get it. They're like, oh, why does this guy keep talking about pickleball? It's different than running. It's different than lifting weights, you know, and, and I think, you know, I'm getting back into my weightlifting routines and things of that nature. Um, but it's, it's just a stress on the body over a long period of time. Like some of the strains that I'm getting on my whoop are, are similar to like marathon strains, right? And it, do you know what I mean when I say strain? Where mm -hmm. they, they're, okay. Um, so for the people that don't know, strain is how whoop measures how much your exercise was. So I, you know, I had a five, five 
power session the other day um and my strain was like just under 20 you know which is like like marathon kind of right number. well you did something for five hours That's yeah like a marathon yeah and, i mean and you know for some people <laughs> yeah the um yeah right i mean of course there's some outliers that, that are a little <laughs> faster than that but but um yeah the um so I was really surprised at how I was able to manage my weight. Now, here's the little secret that my main coaches don't want me to tell. <laughs> We've known this all along. We've known this for years that you could almost bring calories back to complete normal the very next day and you'd be fine, right? I don't know that I'd want to test that. I don't think a lot of, oh, there's a deer literally walking past me right now. And he's looking in my window like, who's this guy? You know, and what's he doing? Um, he doesn't eat your, your flowers. <laughs> oh, he can eat all the flowers he wants. Um, they're mostly weeds at this point. Yeah. But um, they go, they, there's strawberries on the side. And so mm. they go and eat my strawberries. Um, and um so yeah the um so you know i even i mr e to perform mr experiment mr n plus one right um even i reversed a little bit right just to kind of get back to normal and uh i ended up so the weight on my home scale is a little different than the weight on my um uh travel scale um, my travel scale, I joke about this, um, the, um, like, well, you know, um, my travel scale is the, the weight is lower than <laughs> my home scale. And I said, so do you know what I call my travel scale now? And people were like guessing. And I was like, the scale, <laughs> my new scale, right? right. It's lower, but, um, so, so I was able to stay, uh, I think I came back, I left at 188.2. Um, and, uh, and the only reason why I was 188.2 is because we had kind of an impromptu night. This is the thing that people aren't honest about, right? Is, and, and that as you normalize these calories and stuff like this, that you you can control a lot of this stuff, but there's things that come up. And so, yes, my lowest weight was 186.8. But when I left for New Orleans, I was 188.2. And when I came back, I was 188.8. And then people are going, well, Paul, how do you remember all these numbers? I don't know. I don't know, but I have a brain for numbers and I always have had that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so I know all these numbers really, really well. That's also and your business. It's a little bit my business. Yeah. But um, it was also poker, you know, yeah, poker, sure. poker was all statistics. And mm -hmm. so like, I'm actually not phenomenal at math, but I'm really good at statistics. I'm really good at mm -hmm. estimating. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, um, as I was going through New Orleans, I was pushing what I could get away with. Now, the one thing I did, so so the strategy right out the gate was one big meal, right? So if I was going to have one big meal a day, right. you know, do it upright. You know, don't mess around. And then usually we would go to Whole Foods. They had, they had a company called Snap Kitchen, um, which is very popular down south, and they're in every Whole Foods. So you go there, they're like 450 calorie meals. And then we had like some snacks, like some popcorn, you know, things that kind of help you stay full. But we, you know, we were having ice cream, you know, we were having all the things that you would have in New Orleans, uh, beignets. Um, we ate at, you know, literally 2000 calorie restaurants, you know, probably five of the eight days. Um, I mean, you know, just the, 
the I, it wasn't Ruth's Chris, but it was similar to Ruth's Chris, where you have the buttering New York strip. I mean, that, that's eighteen hundred calories right there. Right, right. Know? <laughs> and and so um, so I walked people through that. I walked people through that discussion. I didn't always push it like on things like, for instance, that there was the uh, the crawfish ball right out the gate. I mean. I, I'm probably going to lose my Louisiana card for this. I don't love crawfish, right? I don't dislike okay, crawfish, <laughs> but I don't love crawfish, right? The only well, there's a lot I, of work. <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. So I love the taste of crawfish, right? But I don't want to peel them. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, the amount of work for what you get just isn't phenomenal. And then, oh, by the way, I'm with three other Minnesotans. And so guess who's the peeler? Right. You. you know? right. So, so I'm peeling, you know, and although luckily I'm eating <laughs> them a lot faster than they are. But like for my wife, you know, she she's not really into crawfish. And then my, my daughter, who is a vegetarian, obviously she didn't have it, but her boyfriend had it and he just couldn't eat it. You know, he's like, I just can't eat it. It looks like a thing and I don't want to eat a thing. You know, and it was just so funny, the conversation that we had. We literally had to leave the party because um, they were starving. <laughs> you know, they, they just couldn't eat. Um, and we did have birthday cake, so they couldn't live on just birthday cake. Um, but we had a great day with family things of that nature. So, so one of the strategies that I had while I was down there is that if I didn't love crawfish, you know, I would have enough crawfish where, you know, I'm enjoying the moment, I'm being with my family, things of this nature. Was there never a conversation about how much I was eating or things like that? I, I, I don't know why society does this to people. Um, but, you know, I guess it's based in a good thing, you know, but my family was all over me, you know, like, why aren't you eating the crawfish? Don't you? And I was just like, I didn't like crawfish when I was 16. I don't really like it now. And I'm 53. You know, I like the crawfish. I just hate the process, you know? And then of course people were like, well, we'll peel them for you. I'm like, okay, but I just don't love it, you know? And I mean, there's all this other amazing stuff in New Orleans that I'm going to be eating that week. And so, so the strategies, like I said, was one big meal. Towards the end, you know, we were able to stay active. This is the part, you know, I, there was so much reflection on Eat the Perform, and we'll get into that in just a second. Because, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, how much does the name stop people from getting the help, right? Because they think, oh, I'm going to have to work out all the time and things of this nature. Well, after my trip to New Orleans, the name Eat Different Form is never changing. I mean, what the secret, and Susan talks about this all the time. We kind of know now that you have to be in a deficit, right? And, and maybe even an acute deficit for weight loss. The exercise isn't phenomenal for that. But what exercise is phenomenal for is amazing. And people don't give it enough credit for that, right? So we were able to stay weight stable throughout that trip because of our level of activity, right? Mm -hmm. So we didn't, you know, we were able to play pickleball um, four times. We weren't able to play long sessions because it was so hot. Um, I mean, what was interesting is we'd show up at the pickleball court at eight o'clock. We were the first two there. Um, everybody would show up at like 8.45 to nine. And then everybody was going by 10.30. And by the, you know, we're, we're playing till 11.30 if we could. You know, mm -hmm. but more often than not, it was two to two and a half hour sessions. We were able to play indoors at the Hilton Riverside. That was a lot mm. of fun. Um, got to meet a lot of really cool people. It was just a really, really good thing. But, but I just can't emphasize more 
how important the effort side of things. You know, we, we every single morning, we walked to um, the coffee shop that was a mile away and then we walked back a mile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we had breakfast every single morning. We had we had chocolate croissants. We had we had you know we had like this granola mix that we really liked. Um, but you know, I just it's it's hard for me to on the one hand go when people say, "Do you have to exercise?" I was like, I, I literally half of the trip just walked to the coffee shop, and then everything else was sort of ancillary, right. you know. But I, I don't think people realize the role because they don't test the topic, right? And so so we'll start to get in into that. Well, um, I spent just as a I spent yeah, part of the time you were in New Orleans, I was in Alaska for a week. Okay. I went on a small boat adventure cruise. There were 46 passengers uh, to um was round trip from Juneau. So we flew into Juneau already in the inside passage. And um, we were, you know, twice a day, we were kayaking, we spent two days in Glacier Bay, bushwhacking. Um, You know, we were just, we were active, you know, for maybe four hours in the morning and four hours in the afternoon, right? It's not a kind of cruise where it, there's all this center. It's not one of these huge cruise boats. It's a very small boat that can yeah. get into these small inlets, but they had a great kitchen. We all ate a big breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, we, the bar was always open. There, were, there, was, there was a breakfast bar before breakfast. Um, where you could get up and you could have your coffee and you know, stuff to eat there if for the early risers and then um, and then go to the go to breakfast if you wanted, whatever. I estimated I probably was eating around 24, 2500 calories a day. My usual intake we've talked about, I'm probably at about these days, I don't know, depending on the day between 1600 and 1800 calories. I'm closer to 1800 calories a day most of the time. I'm sedentary, you know, working, <laughs> but yeah. I do stay pretty active and I'm going to be 65 years old, you know, but the age is not really it. It's more, I'm not as physically active every, every minute of the day. Cause I'm running around with little kids and doing all that along with working. Um, but I was definitely at 24, 2,500 calories a day. Easy. Um, yeah. I left at, I have been pretty steady at about, you know, my weight is around 144 pounds, 143, 144 pounds. I have been lifting to, to, for gains for uh, about eight months. And I have altered my body composition by 5%, but stayed pretty weight stable. So eating, eating plenty. I, I get home from the trip. So just for, sure. just, for con, just for context, I just want to say the, the statistics person in me says that essentially the body recomp there is about seven pounds. Yes, exactly. So, and it's very slowly, right? I've been doing this eight months and I'm perfect. I had given myself a year <laughs> to, to get to feel much stronger. And that was my goal, getting stronger, taking care of my bones, doing all the things to, to become as anabolic as I can be. Um, so I'm sure that I've gained weight when I get home and I get on the scale and am I, I'm at like, as you said, 143.8. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Four days later, I'm at 141.1. Because yeah. I've dropped my calories after being at 24, 2500, right? And I have stayed at 141.1. It's just, I thought, oh, that was just some outlier. And it's going to, no. And I'm back to my 1800 calories a day. And I'm back to my training. I'm back, and, and it just, it was just like, 
you know, here we go. This is the way it works. This is the way it works. And it was only for a week that I was at that 24, 2500 calories. It was all, that's all it took. Yeah, it was interesting. We, we went on a swamp tour um, where we were kayaking, um, which would have probably been similar to like your bushwhacking where, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a level of activity that's different, mm -hmm. you know? And then it's extended, you know, for two, three hours. And so um, I was genuinely curious once we got back to our Airbnb to see what my weight was. And I dropped four pounds. Well, what I did in that moment is different than what most people do in that moment. Most people go, oh, I'm down four pounds. This is amazing. Thank you, scale gods. I went, oh, we're having fun at dinner tonight, baby. <laughs> you know, and, and when you push that side, like you're saying, you know, you should be able to enjoy a cruise. I do think, I will say, uh, you know, we've had this discussion a little bit. I still think that the 1600 to 1800 is the cautious. Now, yeah. now, you know, I mean, it, it kind of depends on what your levels are and goals are and things of this nature, but you could probably get to 2000 and stay oh, yeah. stable and it wouldn't, yeah. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, I think so. I just get, I'm, you know, it's hard having these conversations with you because it's a funny thing with all everything that I do with food and my world, uh, you know, my universe absorbed in food. I, I'm, you know, I have no sweet tooth. I love vegetables and eating. I eat till I'm satisfied. And it's, it is, I am one of those people who would be a hard gainer, right? I have a hard time eating a lot more. Um, especially because I don't eat a lot of real nutrient dense foods. I don't but you said, so you said on a podcast relatively recently that, you know, she wasn't tracking. And once she did, she started to realize that, oh my goodness, I'm not eating near as much as I should. Exactly. And that's when you adjusted your calories right. up. Right. And so I, in your defense, people need to know that, that, you know, she's not sitting here, just not paying attention and then not pushing calories up. Um, so let's keep let's keep going because there, there's kind of a general um, theme and idea that I want to I want to kind of go through, especially this part. Um, it was very hard seeing family um, and friends and people that you love struggling with their health. Yeah, and wondering what could you do right mm -hmm. and it's i think the problem that we run into with all of this is one we always assume everybody's overeating right <laughs> and then two um is we want to create systems that are favorable for them, right? We make it simple for mm -hmm. whatever reason or whatever, which by the way, when you're first starting off, look, if, if, if you move to relatively low carb as an example, um, and you were eating plates of food that probably added up to about 5,000 calories, guess what? It wasn't the low carb that made the difference. It was mm -hmm. the fact that you started eating you know, 1800 calories or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe in the beginning, that's sort of what's needed. I think the problem that you run into in that scenario is that if you're eating and drinking and when people go, Paul, you're saying 5,000 calories, there's no way people are eating 5,000 calories. You're right. They aren't eating it. They're drinking it. They're drinking it in sodas. They're drinking it in alcohol, right? So now all of a sudden you're eating 3000 calories. You have another thousand to 2000 calories in alcohol and right. sodas. And now you're at 5,000 calories. So I guarantee you, I'm not that far off, you know? Um, and so I'm very, you know, I'm very in tune to the fact that the normal person is not like the client that we deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. And then people go, well, you know, you deal with like this certain client, 
you know, what makes you think that you could help me? I said, well, first of all, like you're a layup, right? You are right. the easiest client <laughs> to work with, right? But it's the <laughs> other side that's the hard part to work with where you're trying to get people to normalize food strategically and things of this nature. When you come to me over consuming, you know, the best transformations we have always happen around the holidays and things of that nature because we always get more people that are just normal people and willing to do the hard thing. And that was the interesting thing because as I was talking to all my friends and family, all of which have dieted, all of which have done all the extreme things, I was like, isn't that hard? And they're like, of course it's hard. I'm like, so you think calorie counting is is harder than that, right? I was like, because, you know, when you do low carb, what's your exit? What's the off ramp, right. you know? And, 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 and they're like, you're right. It's unsustainable. I was like, mine's sustainable. Not only is mine sustainable, I can eat any food here with abundance. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, honestly, I, I'm I'm just gonna tell you, like, if food's not a home run for me, I'd rather eat right. my own salted pistachios. I'd rather eat my right. whole fat yogurt. I'd rather eat the things that are going to be adding to my right. system. I'm going to be doing a series, and we'll talk about this here at the end, um, on that. And just how boring the food is that I eat to get to the calories that we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, I, I figured it out, right, without a lot of help. Now, once I started getting in touch with Alan, once I started getting in touch mm -hmm. with Mike, and then eventually you, you know, that was different level coaching that I needed for that phase. But to get from 260 to probably about 200, that was a layup. You know, that was not hard, you know. Right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, in was, my practice. It was hard and overwhelming in terms of the fact that it was a change. Right. But it wasn't hard in what I did or, or the approach. Yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, so in my practice, I experienced typically the opposite where when low carb found its way into the sports world and all these athletes started following low carb diets and it was particularly poignant when, um, when, when we went from people just, you know, doing, um, you know, just a, a regular diet to following paleo, right? And, and having to get to competition when they, they never followed that before. Yeah. They hit a wall and they, right. they, they are just, they're dying and they don't know what's wrong. They come to me, well, if you're on low carb, that's a, that's a slam dunk. It's so easy for me. My yeah, business that's e got that's, so that's busy easy. and it's like, how are, you know, athletes would think, you know, and I was pretty clear. They knew, I mean, it wasn't, there was nothing magical about what I was right. doing, but adding carb back into their diets made them bad. You know, you, you went from leaving the CrossFit box to trying to go to the games and just dying to all of a yeah. sudden being able to really, you know, do amazing things. And, and they were like, you know, I, it just didn't dawn on me because this is what we were told to eat, you know? And so, and so that so was, you might, that was interesting. You might not remember this, but it was, it was a huge deal. So Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James. Right, I both remember lost, clearly. Both lost a ton of weight, right? right. And um, it was pretty obvious that it was low carb, right, right? Right, I mean, we were all watching from the sidelines. We all knew, yeah. Yeah, and so, so um, the season starts. I remember Carmelo was, was, was uh, trying to do like a vegetarian thing. And like, it, it, he, was, he was following all the memes, right? right. 
LeBron was mostly low carb. So Carmelo just, he's out at one moment. I mean, he literally on social media, he's like, I just had to eat a steak. I had to eat a baked potato. He's like, I, I just needed to. LeBron James literally called in sick for almost a month. It was the second year that he was playing the Miami, for the Miami Heat, as I recall. And if you remember, was the he first at the, year, the Heat or was he at the Lakers? He was, no, he was. No, no, no. He's definitely not at the Lakers. He, now he okay. does various diet things, but this was this was the Heat. This was, this was the, the second year okay. of the Heat. And I mean, like you can Google skinny LeBron and you will right. see, oh my goodness, right. like, like that looks harmful. Mm -hmm. So, so he's, he's off for the whole first month, right? He, where he just not playing well, things of this nature, they can't figure it out. So he <laughs> literally calls in sick for a month and he comes back and he looks like LeBron again. Right. So he looks and I understand like the, these athletes, they, you know, of course, if you're 280 pounds, the, the amount of pressure and, and the soreness that you're going to feel on your body and things of that mm -hmm. nature, totally get it. But it's so much better to do kind of this balanced way of doing things. But it was it was amazing that literally he kind of had to call in sick for about a month and just eat right relatively normal and in a balanced way and i don't know who he dealt with at that point but they were pretty smart because they got him back and then of course they went on to win the finals the previous year um people don't remember that but but they were kind of an also ran um and they were really struggling to figure it out most of the year the second year they kind of had it all together but lebron was having these issues with the way that mm -hmm. he was eating so the problem that I run into, and this is something that we're, we're really talking a lot about because we do have a lot of resources for people. You know, we have, we have uh, meal planning templates that, that we can give people, you know. Um, they're not custom like we do for our clients. Um, but I didn't have custom stuff, you know. I mean, at 260, you don't need custom stuff. You just need something. You know, and then the concept that you don't have to be dieting, even if you have a lot of weight on you, right? You can strategically take performance breaks. Right. And right. that is what will allow you. That's the thing that allowed me to go from 260 to 149. Now, 149, that was a little small for Paul Noble, <laughs> right? Yes. And, and so, so I've been able to put on, 30 pounds in that 13 years of muscle. Um, and also, by the way, it did help being super lean to put on that muscle, right? Right. right. Um, and, and so um, it's something that I'm very interested in. I do wonder, you know, are there products that we can bring to market? There's some discussions and meetings that I'm having right now that could end up being some good stuff um that, well, that aren't coaching think, we know that coaching yeah. isn't inexpensive i i also think um that the mental health piece is incredibly important and despite the fact that for many years that you know that hasn't been part of the conversation but your approach is foundational to supporting mental health, right? So first of all, it takes away this, you know, responsibility for all the things that are wrong in you, right? It's, it's, you know, in fact, let's let's get you data that works. Let's understand how your body works. Let's feed you well, and not keep you in a in a strict deficit forever. Um, and, and so you get to eat, you get to, you know, live a more normal life. That's very important. But the foods that you eat are also very important and, and wrapped up in, in, in the food and the, the balance and the, the sense of, of abundance rather than scarcity, uh, the feeling better about your body, not worse, all of that 
is, is critical, um, especially today with the mental health crisis going on at all ages. And, and, and your approach, I think, is, is very important for people to understand. I was looking at a formula for, so I'm glad that this discussion is moving to time and not goal weight, but there was a goal weight aspect to the timing of your diet. I can tell you, you know, once again, who's right, who's wrong. I don't think that's the discussion, right? Because I think there's a, there's an area where you could be in a deficit for four months and that might be fine. But what it's not fine is for better, right? And the reason why I say it's not fine for better is because when I set a cycle for six weeks, by week five, I know it's about to end. You know what happens at week five when you know you still have 40 weeks to go? Well, Taco Bell happens, right, uh, right. Cheesecake Factory happens, things of this nature. So it allows you to be more adherent to the diet. And we know that diet adherence is a very big piece, mm-hmm. you know. And then we're very honest about the fact that, you know, your mental health will be compromised, you know, the whole time, you know, and that that once the food comes back, we're addressing mental health in a very real way. So these really long diet cycles. And then the other thing that the industry 100% has wrong, uh, you know, I just have way too much data to prove this. See, this is the thing. There's all these people that are talking about theories without data. I have data, right? And the data is always right, <laughs> right? The, the, <laughs> the, the data- Those are the facts. <laughs> yeah, the, the data basically comes down to this. If you're going to do four weeks on, one week off, right? All you're basically doing in that scenario is shortening your window, right? Mm -hmm. And so I actually don't hate four weeks. I just don't think you lose enough in four weeks, right? So there's some people that do something similar to what we do that do four weeks, and then they do one week off. So with their theory right? Is that you can do four weeks on, one week off, four weeks on, one week off. By the third one week off, it becomes ineffective. Your body has adjusted so much to that, right? That you're not going to be, so to me, and and if we're talking about most weight loss, right? Six week cycles are better than a reset, so right now we'll get into that a little bit and I'll, I'll just end the discussion where we were talking about and I'll, I'll put a pin in that. It's just, I want to be able to help those people. And my appeal to those people is gonna be what you're doing right now is already hard. Why not do hard the right way, right? And, and hopefully I can get them free resources or low cost resources that allow them to make better decisions than they're making with the keto groups and the IF groups and the extreme everything, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully that can, that can happen. Okay, so six week cycle, now we move calories back to normal. So I'm doing this supporting a friend. My, my, my initial plan was to wait till I was 55 to run a, run a deficit. I didn't know anything about the seven years or anything like that. I just knew. So that would have been nine years. No big deal. Seven years, nine, nine years. Who cares? Um, it does matter that the e-perform guy is doing e-perform in the most extreme way, right? Where I'm not dieting for long periods of time. And, and, and people go, well, you know, um, they talk about diet breaks. I, I haven't, I've yet to see the, the person talking about a diet break for seven years, right? Um, you know, they're all talking about diet breaks for like two weeks, right, you know? Right. So what, in support of my friend, did this deficit, was very happy to do it, um, especially pickleball. It's, it's allowing me to be a lot better, a lot less aches and pains, things of this nature, 
very motivated to get to a weight that will allow for even less, that will allow for longer sessions. As I'm getting better at pickleball, the activity becomes much more intensive. Right. There's a lot more moving things of this nature. I want to be able to be there for endurance. And so uh, I'm taking the summer as my reset period. So basically three months. In that three months, I'm trying to get my calories as high as possible, like I said, relatively fast as possible. And so right now, um, my calories are right at 2,800. Um, I mean, literally only a month out of, you know, fat loss. Um, the goal being 4,000. Now, a lot of people are asking me, if you're having that goal, does that mean that your activity is going to go up? I think I would be wrong to say no, but it's not going to go up so much so that, that it's going to, and first of all, I don't know that I'm going to get to 4,000, right? But what I do know is that I am going to allow for that three to five range. The, the ranges are so important for you guys. If you, if you're listening to this, you have to allow for the fluctuation. And I'm not talking about intraweek. I'm talking about low to low, right? So if I'm 188 right now, what I'm saying is on my lowest weight of the week on September 5th, I'm willing to be 192 as long as that gets me 4,000 calories, right? As I'm pushing towards that number. It's really hard to believe that I can't get there when I'm going to allow 192. And then they go, well, why would you want to allow 192? Because I can lose so much right. more on the other side, right? Right. right. I mean, right. If, the goal, if the goal here is the most <laughs> effective weight loss, right? When you go from 4,000, you can naturally lose more weight. You know, right. um, and so so all of the goals that you have are the same goals that I have, because you know what? I don't want to do this for another seven years, you know, so I want to get to a point. Um, realistically, I think I'll probably end up around 175 um, when it's all said mm -hmm. and done. Is there value to 169.9? You know, now all of a sudden you're playing this what if game. You know what? 174.9 will put me at a, a body weight that should be very comfortable. And also, like I said, you know, I mean, I grew up as the kid picked on for being small. I, my goal is not to be small. I know a lot of women you know, that's their goal to be smaller. And so you're hearing this and you're going, well, he doesn't want to be small, but I do, you know, look, the science is saying the same, right? The, the, the idea, the, oh, this one drives me crazy. Everyone's different. Okay. I agree with you. Everyone is different, but if we're customizing your plan for your specifics, using formulas that we've seen over tens of thousands of people, you're not that different. There's lots of people like you. There's very few outliers, but, but, but what's happening is people think they're outliers or they think they're broken because they keep doing the same bad thing. Right, right. And if I can get them to a point where they're doing the cycles in the right way, they'll, they'll be more productive. But most importantly, notice how I'm saying, because a lot of people were like, why wouldn't you just immediately go into fat loss too and get this over? I'll tell you why I want to lose more weight. I want to, I want this to be more effective. And they go, well, then why is eat the form set up where we're only doing three to four? Well, one, you always have the ability to customize with your coach. That's number one, right? But you want that. I don't want that. As far as I was concerned, I'd rather see you in performance 97% of the time, I know that that's going to be more effective for your health over time, you know, but I do think that there has to be some reality related to these bigger goals, you know, and to me, if you want to extend through the summer, you should do it. But if you're going to extend through the summer, at least do it the way that I'm doing it, right? Where you're, you're keeping track of data. What happens is if people want to take off in the summer, as an excuse to drink beer, right. as an excuse to have some bad behavior along the way, which by the way, you know, I'm not saying that that's bad, 
But when you're eating 4,000 calories, guess what? Your body handles the beer a lot better. It, it handles the hot dogs and bratwurst a lot better, you know? And so I'm saying that if we're getting serious about weight loss, if we're going to have weight loss goals, you want to put yourself in the best position possible. And, and you know what? When I come out the other end, I'm not going to land at 4,000. I'm going to land at about 3,000 3,500. And then I'm going to stop tracking because that to me is what I want my life to be. Now, I know a lot of people like to track. They like to keep everything manageable and you're perfectly fine. But there are some people that are listening to this message that would like to know that you could not track. Well, guess what? When you're at 3,500 calories, you know what that looks like, right? Right. You might need to occasionally check in to see if there's some things that you added that are throwing things off, or maybe maybe you're eating a little bit less than 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 you thought you were. You know, so so occasional check-ins to 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 keep that going um, makes sense. But every time you pull down numbers, you pull down opportunity, the opportunity for weight loss overall right? Because the goal needs to be to not diet as long as possible, right? Because that's how we're healthiest, right? Mm -hmm. Susan, um, one of the things that's really important to Susan is osteoporosis and the loss of bone and the loss of all these different types of things. People aren't making the connection that osteoporosis, digestion, all of these things work better with food in abundance, right? And so if you want to be anabolic, meaning that you're holding the bones on your body, right? And you're allow, you know, your body has enough hormones to kind of keep everything intact. Food is a big part of that equation. And so if we cannot diet for long periods at a time, but go ahead and talk about that. Cause I know that that's something really important to you, especially as it relates to Postmenopausal uh, uh, and postmenopausal. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the messaging about our bones is there. Women understand that they should be supplementing with calcium. They need to be lifting weights. They need to be, you know, doing all these things that many taking prescription medication, bisphosphonates, which aren't great. They're not a, to they're far from a total solution. But, but they're doing all of that. And at the same time, they're dieting. And as long as you're dieting, as long as you are in a calorie deficit, you are losing bone. You're not maintaining bone. As long as you are catabolic, that means that you are losing, you are tearing down tissue. And so it's not just fat that you're losing if you're doing that it's also bone. So when you're doing all these other things right, I hear this all the time from the cohort of people that I know, I'm doing everything right. I went in and had my bone density tested and it's lower again. Why? Because you're not eating enough calories, you're not eating enough protein. And, and if you're not eating enough calories, you're losing bone. If you're not eating enough protein, you're losing bone, along with carbs and fat and, and the whole balance. So, so if you need to lose fat on your body, and we've talked about that it takes a deficit to do that, the first thing you want to do is build your body up as far as it can go, get your calories as high as they can be, just as, as Paul is talking about, then get the biggest bang for your buck when you go into your deficit for a restricted period of time. That's what should be really restricted is the time. Get to where you can get to in a short period of time and then refeed yourself. And that way you are not constantly, you know, putting, you know, one step forward and two steps back when it comes to your bones. You're just doing that day in and day out. The one thing that is definitely wrong is the fact that people think they need to be in a prolonged deficit 
to maintain their weight, but also to lose weight. If we all know that, that a deficit is required, if you can keep that period short and then move things back to normal, you know, you're a lot better. And like I said, you know, I'm going to be pushing the one side a little bit to show people that it's possible, right? I want to be the example. That is one thing, you know, that I was reminded of. I was reminded of that I'm not quitting. I'm not a quitter, right? And and I'm going to be the example. I'm going to show you how to do it, you know? And, and in that way, I do hope to be an example for my family. But I, I have to tell you, I just don't know that you hate to say that people have given up, right? But, you know, it's gotten to a point where a lot of people, like their only option are weight loss surgery or another weight loss surgery. They've already done one weight loss surgery. Um, you know, I don't want to seem unsympathetic to that. Um, but I mean, look, let's be real here. You know, life is difficult on a lot of levels and all of this is very difficult. It's all confusing. Yes, it's very overwhelming, right? I mean, could you imagine being Susan? The amount of education that she's had with all of this, how overwhelming all of that would be. And guess what? If Susan's like any other smart person I know, she's more baffled than any of you. Most of you think you have figured it out. The minute you start to learn stuff, you start to realize exactly how much you don't know, mm -hmm. right? And that's where I think we need to get to as a place, as society and things of that nature. So I think there's a lot of resources that I can bring to bear. As Eat to Perform is becoming a much bigger player in the industry, I want you to know that this was not built on the want for money, right? We know that one-on-one -on -one coaching is expensive. There's other things that I can bring to you that I'm willing to give to you for free. I am more concerned about your health than I am. And I'm, I don't want you getting information from bare knuckles 342 on Reddit, right? I want you to get it from people like Susan and I that are gonna allow you to have the success that, that you want. But there also needs to be a level of patience, a level of, you know, there's just so many people that don't know what they're talking about that talk like they've got it all figured out. The minute you are talking to someone that thinks that they've got it all figured out, I guarantee you, one, it's bad, leave, <laughs> you know? Because there has to be a certain humility to all of this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I honestly believe that the calorie part, the, the exercise part is 25% of it. I think, I think the mental health is 50% of it. You know, um, I just feel like how we feel about ourselves, why we all feel a need to do these extreme things, you know, is based in something real dark. You know, and and if there's any one thing, I mean, I, I talk about this a lot. I talk about love. I talk about, you know, touchy feely stuff a lot. Those are things that that to me, when I look at my weight loss, I loved that guy. Right. That's why I kept doing it. That's why I kept, you know, all the things that I failed on. I love that guy so much that I persevered. And I think that, that that's what a lot of you, if you can start with a place of love. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too crazy with it, but I, I mean, just go in front of the mirror, drop all your clothes off, have that one last cry if you need to. But let's start from fresh. Let's start from where you are now. There's too many people trying to get back to whatever version of their previous life was. And if they would start now and love now and embrace life now and think amazing things and pursue joy, all those things, 
How many other people are saying this to you? How many other people want this for you, right? And I can just tell you, you have to surround yourself. Man, this, the, there's a few deer now. Um, they are really liking my strawberries. Um, but, but I, you know, I really hope that it, it can make a difference for people. And um, we are, like I said, putting together free things, whatever it takes, you know, I, I'll help you. You know, I mean, I have, I spend all day long, like Susan's talking about, relatively sedentary, talking to people on the internet. And then, you know, I, I have room for my exercise and running the company and things of that nature. But a large, 90% of running Ethan Form is talking to you and getting you the resources. Obviously, coaching changed my life. It took what I was interested in to mm -hmm. what I was committed in. So I believe that coaching is something that you will probably need down the line. But if you need something to get started, reach out. I will help you, right? And I don't know that, you know, James Corden's not making that phone call to you, right? Like Oprah's not reaching out. You know, whoever <laughs> the guy is for Noom, you know, he's not. And I'm there. I want to be there for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so kind of keep that in mind as we go. So I appreciate it. Um, Susan, in case you guys don't know, is wearing an Eat to Perform hoodie. Um, they don't sell those anymore. And isn't it like the most comfortable shirt? Yeah, it's really soft and I love it. And it, what's, yeah. what I like is that people say, well, so what, what does that say? Because it isn't obvious, but it gives me an opportunity then to talk about it. It's a conversation starter. So I love it. Yeah, and I like the way it's lined on the back yeah yeah right. yeah so all right well i appreciate it i know it took a while for us to get better uh, or get back together but uh there was just so much going on but i appreciate you being here and we'll talk to you later take care paul all right bye now